Oh, yeah, is that the last one? Hello, Malden, and welcome to another edition of 02148 Live from Studio B. I am your host and counselor at large candidate, Jerry Leone. And tonight is a very special night because I used, as you know, I used to be on the fourth slot and I changed now to the second slot. But at that time, last year, I had my very first show. On the show was my guest that I have tonight, Ward 3 Counselor John Matheson and Barbara Murphy. So, John, welcome again. You're my only guest that's been on three times. Uh, well, I got to tell you, I think the people of Malden are going to get sick of seeing me on this show. I've been on so much. Uh, and now I've got that uh, guest host slot. But I've got to tell you, congratulations on your one-year anniversary Thank hosting you. the show. Thank I've you. heard nothing but good things. I have personally witnessed your excellent performance, and I'm honored to be back for the anniversary. Uh, and and hopefully we have new content that we can talk about and some good things and uh and uh, we can entertain the folks here for an hour together. Yeah, like I said, that's I'm, I'm very proud when you took that slot. Yeah, to be, uh, you know, to be one of the rotating guests. Well, I love Malden, and uh, you know, it's it's just a great honor to be able to uh, talk to the people of Malden. Uh, my mother said she was tuning in tonight. Mom, I hope you found the right channel, uh, and I hope you're watching. Uh, but I know, listen, I'm, I'm hearing from people all over the city that, you know, there are folks that are out there. They like MATV and why wouldn't you? It's yeah. a great staff over here. It's a great service to the community. You pay for it with your electric, uh, with your, uh, utility bill, uh, for cable in case you didn't realize. Uh, but this is one way that we can give back to the community. And I'm, I'm a Malden boy. I love this, this city. And this is a way where I can connect with people. Yeah. It's one of the things we have in common. I, I have great love for the city as well. Born and raised like you. Yeah. Uh, well, last year we had some topics. So I want to circle back, circle back. One of the big topics at the time was, I know previous to that show, you yeah. guys, the city council had a vote on the height limit that didn't go the way certain counselors, you know, on, on your side wanted. And then yep. at the time of the show, we talked about that the vote was going to come up soon. So since then, do you want to update the people of Malden about the height limit vote? Yeah, that so, you know, I guess I'll rewind a little bit. Um, in 2015 um, at this point where we had the moratorium, I the vote on the moratorium, um, which was very positively received by the community. It was a ballot question, and the community came out, I believe, was about 75%, which is, uh, to say overwhelming, is an understatement. It's, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of things passed, like the, the cannabis that just passed, was passed by a 55-45 margin in Malden. So when you have 75% of people agreeing on something, I mean, that's, that, that's a mandate uh, of all mandates. Uh, and what they said was, yeah, let's let's have this moratorium on apartment building development while we study growth here in Malden. And what a wonderful study that was. We did a survey that had over 2,000 respondents, the most respondents in Malden history. Uh, that itself is significant. And what we found is that they wanted to have less apartment building development. I'm in that camp. Um, and uh, as part of that, they had said that residential buildings uh, – should be limited to three stories in height outside the downtown and six stories in height uh, within the downtown. Uh, the council did reject when it came to the council floor for a vote, a uh, six-story height limit, uh, but it came back. Barbara Murphy was the sponsor. God bless her. She really cares about the will of the people, as do I, as do you. And, uh, and we were able to put in a height limit of uh, seven stories 
for uh, residential uh, buildings in the downtown. Can this vote ever come back and be voted? Yeah, anything again, can the come other back. Way, yeah. You know, we're not controlling molding in, in perpetuity here, right? So if a future council or future residents want to see something different happen, absolutely. We can bring this back for a new discussion and, 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 and do what, what sounds right to the people at that time. You know, may, maybe that limit goes up, maybe it goes down. Uh, you can see the downtown, we have some 12-story buildings. Uh, so, you know, that's there's a time and a place for different types of development. I think what people have said in a very loud and clear message, uh, looking at James. James, thank you for your help back <laughs> here. You You're too. doing really a great job, and Claire is too. Uh, we don't do this alone. So that's, that's only one shout-out of many I'm going to give these guys. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean – this this stuff, like I said, I mean, it changes, uh, it evolves over time, and uh, you know maybe something different will happen in the future. But for now, I think we've uh, overdeveloped uh, apartment buildings, and uh, this might be you know a modern day bubble where we're not able to fill these buildings to capacity. Uh, but we haven't even completed building like the city hall site, uh, a lot of the stuff that's online. So I think what the population has said to us is, finish what you've been working on, uh, then let's see where we're at. And then let's see if we want to grow our population, grow more uh, apartment building development downtown. But as you know, and I don't want to dominate the show, Jerry, you could talk about this as well as I can. I think you and I are like-minded on this one. Um, apartment building development isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Uh, it has a detrimental impact on a number of things in the community, such as traffic, such as parking, school enrollment, very, very expensive, public safety response, um, you know, uh, the population on the, the parks, the roads, the sidewalks, uh, and the Chapter 70 school funding, something that people in government have been willing to talk about because, you know, maybe it's, it's not the sexiest topic uh, and maybe it's not the most positive news, and I like to be positive whenever possible. But when you, when you have uh, a lot of new residential units come online at market rate, versus affordable housing or, or other types of development, you have that kind of dense development at market rate, what you do is you, you change the, uh, the economic makeup of a community, and that has a depressing effect on the Chapter 70 school funding that's coming back to the schools. Being a former school committee member, you know how important Chapter 70 yes. is to a community, and uh, we're pretty flat year over year now, and that's because of these apartments coming online, and like I said, there's more coming. Uh, so the residents have said, overwhelmingly, we're talking 70 to 80% margins. Let's put a hold on that. Unfortunately, government hasn't responded to that quite right yet, and uh, that's one of the things I've been talking about. That, that, that boggles my mind because when I was on the school committee and when you, you, know, you see me when you have your meetings, I'm in the audience, and oh, yeah. certain, certain elected officials say— There's Jerry again. Yeah. <laughs> so, certain elected officials say that you know, they stand for the people, but when you— said what you just said about 70%, 75 right. don't want apartments and they're not listening. I just don't I don't know what goes through their mind at, at that point of what what what's really happening. Yeah, to me it's it's pretty fundamental, right? I I'm an idealist. Um I you know, when I was going through school, uh one of the things they taught us to be proud about is that America is this is a is is a, a it started out as a, a, a model democracy for the world to follow. And what made us special is that we said, we're going to come up with a government that's made up by the people, and the government is going to be for the people. And what I'm seeing now is a lot of policymaking that isn't for the people. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons why I got into government. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at uh, a mayor race this year, frankly. That's what I was one of the topics I was going to bring up. So you had announced an exploratory committee and you've put some, you know, thought into this and yeah. studied, you know, the facts. Um, what made you come up with this? Because I've known you for a long time. Sure. And you've done well in your ward. Thank you. But this is a, a new, a, a big step. In. Yeah. You know, this, it's a big decision um, for anyone to make, uh, particularly me. Um, when people enter races like this, it's very often, you know, for an empty seat, uh, not against an incumbent. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, we have a, a, a very popular incumbent uh, in this city. Um, and the reason why I started with an exploratory was I wanted to give myself the time to reach out to the stakeholders in the community and perform my own little feasibility study to see if uh, this race has the support it needs to take it on. Um, just just for uh, comparison here, this would be only the second mayor race that the citizens of Malden have a choice on the mayor ballot in 24 years. That's remarkable for most communities. Uh, and and being as conscientious and, 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 uh, and politically oriented as this community is, uh, to not have that choice, I, I don't think is a, is a very good thing for a community. What is good for a community is to have these races so that we can get together and talk about the issues that concern us and how we can do things a little bit better, right? Isn't that the whole point of this? It is. You know, th this is America. That's why people run for office. So, uh, you know, like I said, not good for the community would be not having this race. You have one choice on the ballot, and, uh, and the people don't get an opportunity to uh, talk to their elected officials and hold them accountable for what the people want. And there's a lot of, a lot of issues out there. We just touched on overdevelopment of apartment buildings. Yeah. I think that's the biggest one that's out there right now. Um, but, you know, there's many, many more. And uh, what do we have, 50 minutes? We have 50 minutes <laughs> yeah, to talk less, about it, Jerry. Less than 50. Oh, yeah. can, can I stop for a second? Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I am thrilled to be one of the uh, co-hosts, right? Let's give a shout-out to our other co-hosts here, right? We've got yeah. uh, Mike Sharone. And Ed awesome Lucy. Dude. Yeah. Awesome guy. Love him. Uh, Ed Lucy, former mayor. Come on. That's a big deal right there. Yeah. I, I brought on my, uh, my Ed Lucy City of Malden mug. Uh, that I got uh, during high school graduation. Uh, that's for your use today. I also brought my uh, Malden High School class of '92 mug. So uh, uh, let's let's give a shout out to them. Uh, Joe Panadosi. Yes. Joe Panadosi, great guy. Got a radio show now, uh, and I'm filling in for his slot temporarily. Uh, you know, hopefully longer. I'm enjoying it. And yeah. and you, Jerry. And uh, yeah. you know, thank you. I thank yeah. you, sir. You're, you're you're a good man. I appreciate it. Same to you, ditto. I mean, maybe, maybe someday I'll I'll have a, a a radio show. I heard the feedback that I got after our first show was they took our first show with yourself and Councillor Murphy, yep. and tested it out on a, on a podcast, oh. and it was a smash hit. So what? Now tell me about this. Is going to sound a little naive, all right? But uh, you know, some things about me are a bit old fashioned, yeah. right? <laughs> Everyone, everyone's going paperless and in the cloud these days. I like my paper. I'm very tactile. Yeah, and I've got all my files, and uh, I know where everything is. So um, the podcast. Now, this is where you go online and you listen to a show that was already televised, or maybe it wasn't, but you can listen to a show on the internet. Is that correct? Right? I'm. Yeah. I'm just. I, I don't really know. I know they were testing it out. Okay. I mean, like this show, 
tonight. Could well, that's be, great. Yeah. I mean, look, Barbara makes everyone look good when she's on there with them um, yeah. because she's a good speaker and she she has a command of the issues and she cares about this city, no doubt about it. She's one of the most popular councilors we have, and it's been a real honor to serve with her. Uh, you know, one thing I have to consider is, you know, uh, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm giving up the Ward 3 seat. Uh, that's the community where I've represented for eight years. Um, born and raised in Ward 3. Uh, I, I've got a house in Ward 3. My my mom is still in my, uh, the old family homestead there in Ward 3. And, and uh, you know, I, I just feel like I've accomplished, you know, some great things over there. And it's time to, uh, you know, apply my education experience and my, uh, my desire to make a, a better place uh, and, and just take that to the next level, you know. What a, what a dream job, you know, born in Malden and then end yeah. up being, you know. I, I never saw it happening. You know how it happened? My, my road was uh, just abysmal. It was in a terrible, terrible condition. Um, and I, my neighbor said, look, I, I've called the counselor, and uh, this road is there's no record of when it was last paved, and it's just the sidewalks have weeds and cracks, and, and the road's got potholes, patches on top of patches, and, and it was just in terrible, terrible shape. So uh, she had said, and, and Ruth, if you're watching, God bless you. you. You're one of my favorites. Ruth Chapnick and Louie, they're, they're over in uh, Forest Hill Park, that, that new building over there now, beautiful place. Uh, she had said, you know, uh, why don't you go for it, you know? And, and you know, you're a lawyer. You're, you're no dummy, you, you know, and you're from Malden. You could do some good things here. Yeah. And, I, and I, you know, she inspired me. And I said, yeah, why, why not me? Remember when the Red Sox won in 2004? One of their slogans was, why not us? Yeah. Right? The 86-year yeah. drought, why not us? Well, that's, that's kind of where I, I came from. I was like, you know, why not me? Why not give this a shot? So I ran, and I lost, again, against a very popular incumbent. Uh, but I didn't give up. You know, one of the credos I live by is no man is a failure until he gives up. You can lose. But you haven't, you know, maybe you lose, lost the battle, but you haven't lost the war. Yeah. Just don't give up. Just keep trying. Uh, persistence is a great virtue. So I came back, uh, lost a second time, came back again for a third time, won the third time, and I've been in there ever since. I've had to uh, defend the seat at every election, something that's really unprecedented for a council. You counselor. and I, it seemed like for the past <laughs> couple of years, were the only ones that had challenges. But it made but, me yeah. good at what I do. Yeah. And it made me responsive to those, those constituents. And the issues were always at the forefront, right? So when the issue was Malden Hospital, we had to stay on that issue, and the people had a voice on that issue. Uh, you know, Fellsway East and Highland Ave, the most dangerous intersection in Malden, with a record of fatalities and property damage and, and bodily injury, uh, ra raising our insurance rates. You know how high in auto insurance is here in Malden. Um, you know, that was one of the two giant issues. And I was able to finally tackle that on my watch uh, I'm proud to announce here today that uh, groundbreaking is occurring on uh, April 11th. What's today? 9th? 10th. 10th, yeah. Tomorrow. So here we go. Good things are happening here in Malden. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Let's Try share a yeah. water together. Let's share. We're going to be we'll, talking we'll, for another 45 we'll, minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll toast. We need to wet the whistle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Um, you were on the school committee, and uh, you enjoyed your time in the school committee. How, how many years were you on there? Uh, four years total. Oh, well, that's good experience coming from the schools. You know? And this is why I'm coming back. Like, you know, I had, I had a, a fundraiser last week, and you were my mm -hmm. guest speaker, and you pointed yeah. out the fact Happy that, to do it. you know, I ran for council, lost, and I came back, and not a lot yes. of people do that. Not a lot do. Um, and that goes back to my point about persistence being a virtue. 
and the fact that you wanted to come right back and do it despite all the effort and cost and, you know, anyone who's been a candidate can appreciate what you have to put into it. Yeah. For you to want to come right back tells me a lot about your dedication to this city. Um, and, you know, I'm happy that we see eye to eye on a lot of policy issues. I think that's important. You know, particularly when we're talking about overdevelopment and traffic. Um, you know, one of the things that people want us to tackle is the traffic problem. Yeah. Traffic just keeps getting worse. And the problem is the people that are in charge of government they very often say yes to development without doing any kind of study about the ramifications of that development. So traffic continually gets worse. And it's so easy to stamp approved on a development. Um, when you're not doing that analysis, it's, it's, it's not good for the community. And we're paying that price now. Uh, when you try to drive east to west, like on a most heavily traveled car at a Route 60, uh, if you're attempting to do that between, you know, 4.30 and 5.30 or, or even 6, 6.30 now, we used to call it rush hour. It's not rush hour anymore. It's like a whole afternoon of rush. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't, you're, you're at a snail's pace. You know, we have 13 intersection lights controlling traffic. They're all mistimed. There's no record of ever doing, uh, uh, you know, uh, signal timing. And that's the best tool we have to move traffic along. Um, when you have traffic at a standstill, not only does it cause road rage, but you're burning fuel while you're idling, and that's bad for the environment. It's bad for, for all of us. Um, and to have traffic at a snarl, um, it's not good for commerce. You know, we need to move people and goods to, from place to place and not have them stuck, and uh, that's something I, I want to tackle. I started a traffic mitigation committee. We haven't had a lot of meetings, um, but I think it's an important topic. And doing some research with the uh, U.S. Department of Transportation, they highly advocate for communities such as ours. Um, you know, this adaptive signal technology, it's new technology. And what it does, it responds to real-time traffic conditions. We have the technology, and we have the resources to implement it. We just need the will to do it. And if the people are saying traffic is our number one concern, hey, let's do it. You know, we can do it. I mean, let's use one of the few tools that are at our disposal to try to make the situation a little bit better. And I'll just talk very briefly about what adaptive signal technology is. If you realize that most of your traffic, let's say 80% of the traffic is going east to west during certain hours, right? And we know commuter traffic flows in one direction where it's really light in the other direction. Well, it'll hold the green open uh, for the direction that has a higher flow of traffic and it'll hold the green uh, open for a lesser amount of time in the other direction, thereby allowing people to move the, through more freely. Now, that's not going to result in a speedway. You know, you can't speed when it's rush hour, and we have a 25-mile-an-hour citywide speed limit now. Um, but uh, I think to move people through a little bit easier, uh, I think is a great thing that we should all be rallying around, all of us, regardless of what our political affiliation is or you know, what we've done in the past. This is something we can do going forward. Um, and we have to be focused on what the people of Malden want for the future of their community. This community doesn't belong to the people who are in charge today. It belongs to all of our residents who, who work their jobs, pay their bills, pay their taxes, raise their family, and they're coming home and they just want a good life. Uh, let's make Malden the best community we can make it for them to live, work, and raise a family. Yeah. That's what I'm all about is trying to restore that government that's for the people. Well, that's going back a few minutes ago. Like I said, you brought up traffic, a great point, and these certain elected officials that seem to not think about that when well, they vote e on these more apartments. It's easy to forget about it. Yeah. You know, when someone wants to 
you know, do a, do a, a private development. We ask them for traffic studies and things of this nature, but sometimes we're not performing that uh, on our own account. Um, so, you know, if we just keep talking about it and we keep involving the people like we do, the citizen engagement in this community is unparalleled, second to none. No one does what we do. With all our ballot questions, our surveys, the moratorium study, the visioning project, right, all the forums that we have and all the separate wards, uh, we are listening, uh, but we're not acting on that. It's time that we start acting on it. That's true, and, and people, like I said before, you know, when I when I lost the election two years ago, I always said on social media that I was going to hold the elected officials accountable, and that's what people have to remember on November 5th. Yep. This is the time, again, I keep bringing up millions and millions of times, and I sound like a broken record. When I was on the school committee, parents would tell me that, that one of their biggest issues is the overcrowding of the schools. But then again, some of these people vote for the elected officials who support all these, you know, apartments coming in. Yeah, yeah, one of the, uh, we, we don't have any monitor access over here, no. but uh, yeah, that, that's all right. Yeah, um, um, yeah so th this issue was, uh, the Malden Hospital issue was a big one over in Ward 3, and it still is. Um, it's a big issue not only citywide here in Malden. It's in the top two, top yeah. three, yeah. And it's a big issue for multiple communities because the people in Medford are impacted by this as well. Now, we don't represent them, but my point is it's a big issue. And, you know, I, I put that as a ballot question to the people of Malden in 2015. I said, do you want, um, you know, for the community to spend public money to be part of this solution and deliver perhaps some open space and some some historical preservation that commemorates the hospital and the organizations that uh, that it spawned, such as Junior Aid and things like that. And we came back with 78% saying yes, 78%. That didn't change um, the intractable position that the landowner and, and the mayor had, uh, which was, let's bring in a dense apartment development. Now, mind you, there is limited ingress, egress in and out of that hill. Um, and Fellsway East is more than at capacity. And the traffic there is bad. The accidents there is, are bad. Uh, it is not the right solution. And I, I, I give every developer their fair opportunity. We have to hear them out. We have to let them speak to our residents and see what the residents, see what the community wants, right? I'm sounding like a broken record. But uh, the community resoundingly rejected that type of dense development. Um, but yet, everyone ignored what the community wanted. Even the city council had voted unanimously to say in a resolve, because the council can't control funds, right? All funding requests have to come from the mayor. He decides what the budget is and, and you know, what the plan is on how to spend the money. And then the council has to approve the, uh, the appropriation, right, the expenditure. So what the council can do is send a, a wish or a desire, we call it a resolve, up to the mayor and say, listen, we're willing to dedicate $5 million of our cash reserves to be a part of the solution to this problem. Now, our resolves are always ignored, uh, almost always ignored. But, um, you know, it's just important that we know where the people are and where their representatives are in any given issue. And, and even today... Uh, although residents have overwhelmingly said, you know, we want to see some open space, um, that hasn't been a priority of this administration. So that's something that I think we need to talk more about 
and this election's going to come up fast, right? We've got a, uh, a long way to go and a short time to get there, but uh, these are the topics that we're going to be talking about. It's going to empower the people, and it's going to hold your elected officials accountable, right? No one deserves this job as a matter of right. Not my job, not the mayor's job, not your job. Uh, the people who believe in you and your policy positions, they give you that opportunity. It's an honor to be there. And that is the power of elections. And that's why I think it is a great benefit to this community to have its second mayor race in 24 years. Um, I, I remember eight years ago, the big topic was the blue trash bags, right? We were one of the few communities to adopt um, city-approved trash bags. And there's only a couple locations where you can get them. That was one of the complaints people had. They're flimsy and they ripped. Uh, you know, it just wasn't a convenient way for people to dispose of trash. But there was no curbside pickup unless you were in a city-approved trash bag. Well, that was one of the promises uh, of this mayor when he ran eight years ago. And the people went through the trouble of putting it on the ballot as a referendum so the people can put questions on on a uh, election ballot, as you know, uh, but they have to go gather signatures, 10,000 signatures. It's a monumental effort. Um, they got that in the ballot. 70% of people said they want change from that policy. You know, maybe you don't need to eliminate the blue bag pro program, but you've got to give people some choice in the matter. Um, you know, that promise was broken. Uh, and here we are eight years later. I just uh, uh, submitted a paper on the city council floor. It got referred to ordinance. Hopefully it doesn't die there. Hopefully it gets taken up by the council. Uh, and maybe it will if the people hold us all accountable. Um, and in that paper, uh, what I've proposed is a city-approved trash barrel where you can opt into a trash barrel. You have to buy it at cost, right? This isn't a profit-making opportunity. We don't need to do that to folks. Uh, and once you acquire your trash barrel, you can put your trash in there just like the old days, and you don't need to have a blue bag in that barrel. Uh, one of the other ways I think that we can fix this program, because the contract's coming up for renegotiation this year, so the timing is perfect, is the ability to uh, co-mingle recycling. In other words, mix all the paper with the plastic and the metal and, and you know the other stuff uh, without having it uh, separated uh, into two separate piles. Uh, and, you know, frankly, it's been people get rejected uh, on this, this recycling system, and I, I'd like to stop that, that system of rejection and having people's trash and recycling built up and have residents frustrated. I think we can provide a better service. Yeah. That, that, is, that is one of the topics that has been forgotten. And yes, I remember that when there was the big, big, you know, what was it, 60, 60 percent of the people was in a referendum on a, yeah. on a ballot question. Yeah. Like 60 or 65. No, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah. Above that. Yeah. Close to 70. And at the time, certain councilors, it was brought up and they didn't want to. They just seemed to ignore the, the people. Well, I think, you know, that was at a time where we were in a recession and communities were struggling to find new revenue sources. So I can appreciate that this was a stopgap measure to get some revenue that was much needed at the time. The problem with government is once you add a revenue source, it, that's baked into the budget and it never goes away, right? So they find new ways of acquiring new revenue without ever adapting or modifying the previous revenue. It's never temporary, right? Taxes only move in one direction, up. Yeah. Fees, up. Fines, up. So these blue bags, I mean, apparently, even when you make a, a, a promise that, you know, give me the job and I'll, 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 you know, I'll deliver the change that people are looking for, uh, 
even that change can't get delivered because you know these these revenues get uh, relied upon immediately, and you can't change it. Well, you know, we have new sources of revenue coming into this city in the very near term. Um, one of the things that uh, that has just been approved in the Commonwealth, as you know, is uh, recreational cannabis. You know, not getting into the merits of whether or not you like this or don't like this. Fact of the matter is Malden approved it, and Malden's... It's coming. It's so, coming. There's yeah. going to be five licenses, and there is significant revenue coming out of that. And not everyone's happy about it, but my point is this. If we're going to be acquiring a new source of revenue that we hadn't previously relied upon, now is the perfect time to deliver the change that people are looking for. And people are still talking about these blue trash bags, believe it or not. I know most people have kind of grown accustomed to it, like me, um, and some of the newcomers. They, they don't know a different system. This is the system they moved into. Um, but there are plenty of people that would love to do things a little bit differently. And government's job is to deliver services to people, right? That's what the taxes are for, right? The taxes aren't just there because we, you know, we're all compelled to give them. There's supposed to be a service provided. So the people are paying the price. Let's give them the services they're looking for. It could easily be done. That's why I submitted the paper. Well, we've reached our half-hour point, Already? so I want to take— Any chance uh, we can go into two hours? <laughs> yeah, well, with you, the time flies. We're going to go into a short, short break, and when we come back, I'll have some public service announcements and more time with Councilor John Matheson. See you in a few minutes.
All right, we're we're back, and uh, I'm I'm glad John decided to stay. Where are we? Okay, yeah. yeah. I have a, a public service announcement. Uh, I want to remind people: if you're a big trivia fan, this Saturday at the Malden Moose, the Malden Neighborhood Basketball League is having their trivia fundraisers. Doors open at 6 p.m., and the trivia competition starts around 7:15. Uh, you can contact Sean Hickey. At 781-315-1635, if you call ahead of time before Saturday, you're paying $20. Or you can buy tickets at the door, $25. I'll be there, so I hope to see a lot of people show up. And as people know that I've kicked off my campaign, and for the good people in Ward 3, for the people I know and the people that I look forward to meeting, especially in precinct one i'll be door knocking this saturday and then the following saturday i'll continue for the rest of the month in ward three so again you can reach me at 781-635-7070 i'll be giving you my brochure and if you have any questions uh please give me a call and i know like i said i kick off right in john's backyard and that's the beginning and i look forward to meeting people throughout the city and before i continue with john i don't know if john has any public service announcement of his own no no he this, wants is, to do. This, this is your time this is your time all right we'll get on we'll get on with it so we finished and we were starting to talk about the cannabis yes. so for the people who revenue source. are still confused about this whole process because i know people have all said in the beginning that they were nervous that their neighborhoods were going to have crime and things yeah. were going to happen. I know in, in my ward, in, in, in Maplewood, we had a vape shop, and I guess it closed down. I don't have all the details, but I guess what I heard, little by little, they were selling, you know, marijuana, I guess, little by little with each purchase. But I, I don't have all the facts, so I don't want to speculate. But I think that's what... Some people thought was going to happen. Can you, like we mentioned before, marijuana is coming into the city, these these licenses, but how do you rest assure the, pe- the citizens that? Well, you know, listen, anytime uh, there is a, a change in a community, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rouse some anxiety, um, particularly when you're adding a, a, a new industry like this. This is something that hasn't been legal in the past, and uh, obviously it's a, it's, a, it's a big change. Um, but, oh, I got to go into the microphone a little bit better. So, um, you know, I, I want my hats off to the council. I will say this, that the council had the people in mind all the way through this process, and they moved uh, slowly, carefully, and methodically, and, you know, with in conjunction with uh, people, right? So there was a real uh, spirit of collaboration there. Uh, we had uh, forums at the planning board and the council level where people came up and spoke for and against. And you heard some people passionately say, you know, th- this, this isn't the, the terrible drug that you think it is. It actually helps me or my sick mother. And, uh, and, and, and this is not something that's going to be a gateway or add to crime in the community. Uh, and then you heard other people say, look, I, I don't want to live next to this, right? Not in my backyard. I, you know, this, this is something that, you know, we've never had before. And uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't ask for this. Uh, so, you know, there's many, many things come into legislating something like this. And, uh, 
you know, I, I wasn't involved with the entire uh, process, but uh, we were very carefully considering where the zone should be. So we didn't want it to be next to uh, vulnerable populations. So uh, places of worship, parks, schools, um, and, and frankly, residences. So it can't be located adjacent to a residence um, or a daycare or a nursery. Um, you know, and that's, I'm sure, the approach that a lot of communities took to the zoning. Uh, with respect to security on the state level and the local level, uh, I know that there's a requirement for a lot of security, including closed circuit cameras with tape backups. Uh, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot that they have to submit a security plan that gets approved through the process. Uh, the owners and operators they get vetted uh, through a, a license committee uh, here in the city and in the state cannabis control commission on the state level. They get vetted for their character and fitness and their criminal record and their business acumen. And, and um, I think that there are a lot of steps in place to try to make sure that this is done very safely. Um, and from the, uh, the revenue side of this, uh, I believe that the aggregate uh, tax on this is about 20% state and local. Uh, but the, on the local level, uh, we can collect a 3% local option on total revenues as well as uh, you know, there's a community host agreement that these, that these uh, merchants enter into, and uh, they can commit up to 3% of their revenues in the community host agreement as well. On the council level, we've earmarked that community host agreement 3% to school, drug education, and things of that nature to try to combat the problem, much like when a casino gets added, they're very concerned about casino addiction, and some money gets dedicated to people who might, uh, you know, be be subject to the ills of this. Um, so, I think that there is going to be some revenue that's going to be useful to the city. I think it's going to be rolled out in a very careful fashion. There's going to be uh, even before these these shops open up. There's going to be a lot of community involvement uh, that that's required by law, and it's going to happen several stages. Uh, not only a, a forum specifically for the community members to hear and discuss, but also uh, there'll be discussions on. Uh, the city council level and with the local license level. So um, that, that's what I can tell you about where we are uh, to date. Uh, I believe that this got passed by a statewide uh, ballot question in 2000, or referendum rather, in 2016. So, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we don't have the afterburners on here. This is something that's been rolled out very slowly. Well, if there are, we forgot to mention too, if there is an issue, if an issue does arise, there is the the commission that was the the with the police chief mm -hmm. the ccc yep the cannabis yep. commission that yes we have a, a cannabis uh, cannabis uh, licensing and enforcement uh, board and the chief is on that yep that's that's good he i had the chief on you know last show and i, I hope to have him on again he had a great time it's a good guest he's very knowledgeable and he cares a lot about the community yeah um okay well that that's a source of income and we also have the the casino and how much money is that going to be bringing yeah. to Malden? Yeah, so we're a surrounding community of Everett, and uh, we entered into one of the first surrounding community agreements with the Wynn Casino, which is now called Encore. They're opening their doors this year, and when they do, um, we are eligible, not eligible, but we are contractually um, um, about to receive a million dollars a year for the next 20 years. Um, with an escalator for inflation, and we've already received our first million-dollar payment. So uh, obviously that's, uh, that's over $20 million of new revenue. 
another reason why we can give people uh, better services and, and maybe even uh, offer them a change to the blue bag, something that we know people want, um, that option, that alternative. Uh, yeah. So, so with, with that income and then the cannabis income, there should be no excuses for things to well, change for the good. Th- I mean, there's, there's a lot of yeah. things that people are looking yeah. for, you know, yeah. uh, you know, with the uh, Malden was was cited by uh, Mass DEP, the Department of Environmental Protection, for having, um, you know, the highest percentage of, of lead water service pipes in the state. And the Boston Globe reported on that, too. So we're in the process of replacing all these lead pipes, which, you know, uh, have some, uh, you know, some health concerns. It's a, it's a big issue on the local, state, and federal level, and Malden's got its work cut out for it. Uh, the pace at which we're changing them now, um, the mayor has a program, but uh, that pace is about 12 years before completion. I'd like to see that done a lot quicker. Now, for the folks watching that don't understand, are you taking the, the oldest pipes, or what's the formula to how so you're doing this? What, what I've brought up is the lead service pipes. So all the pipes that are still lead yeah. and in the ground, those are toxic. So those have a, a, a detrimental health impact on, um, on the elderly and, and the very young. Um, now, clearly, we've been using these pipes for a very long time, so I don't think anyone needs to run to the emergency room. Uh, but uh, <laughs> No, but it is something we have to address. It's yeah. a serious concern. Right. And it's something that we do have to address. Um, and what we're doing is we're digging up all the uh, the lead pipes that are owned by the city uh, one by one and uh, replacing replacing those with uh, copper service pipes um, on the residential side. Uh, when a house sells or changes hands, uh, we require that the homeowner change out the uh, lead service pipe that's underneath their private property as well. Uh, the MRA also offers zero interest loans for people who want to uh, change their lead service pipe and they don't have all the money today. The average costs about $3,000. They can borrow that money, get that work done, and uh, they can pay that back at 0% interest if they're uh, low income or moderate income qualified. You can find that information out with the MRA and I encourage you to call them because that's something that we definitely need to address on the public and private side. Um, as far as I think you were talking about the uh, the water mains that are underneath the middle of the street. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, 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 we're all expecting the mayor to come down with a new plan. We just completed a lot of roads here in the city, um, and I think the mayor is coming down with a new plan to replace more of those old water pipes. We have some 100-year-old water pipes, uh, and clearly we have a lot of roads that um, that have very poor pavement condition. So... I think we need to address those roads. I think it's one of the top concerns that people have, and it's one of the best things that this government could do to help uh, this population that lives and works here is to give them a nice road. Uh, I see a lot of roads that are not only in terrible, terrible condition, um, but uh, when you see a gas pipe that's replaced, National Grid comes in and they pave half the road, and then they leave. So what you have is an old half a road and a new half of road. And that's frustrating for the residents, and I can understand that. It doesn't look good. It's not the right way to do it. I don't want to see it happen like that again. I want to see all new road when those get fixed. And we should, we should address uh, this problem in conjunction with what we project the new revenues to be so that we can make sure these revenues are applied the right way and not gone to waste. Because government, as you know, spends other people's money. And yeah. when you're spending other people's money, you don't spend it as carefully, as cautiously, or as judiciously as when it's your own money. Um, so there's always an element of uh, you know waste, and I don't want to see that happen. I think that we need some uh, some careful planning that looks long term. 
Well, you brought up obviously com you know common sense issues we have on one hand. Let's fix the lead pipes and the roads versus certain people that want to take part of the the streets and turn them into bus and bike lanes when we have traffic that's crazy. So this is what I I I want the people to try to comprehend this when they go to make a decision in November is we have things that are more important in the city to focus on like Councilor Matheson said fixing the pipes you yep. know the yep, the, the, the roads the yep. schools that are overcrowding right. and these are just common sense issues I'm going to run on these common sense you know when I made my announcement people were happy that I was bringing up these topics uh, like the blue bag which we mentioned earlier yeah. but I'm going to run on that and if people want to stand behind me that's, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things I'm hearing about is this Exchange Street project, right? So if you go down Exchange Street today, you can see that there's angle parking on one side, there's parallel parking on the other side. The pavement condition is really not bad. We've got period lights down there. We've got some new apartment buildings that are giving us linkage money to kind of improve those intersections and stuff. Um, but to tear it up and to repave it and spend $2.5 million, it just doesn't sound right. And I'm sure there's a lot of residents out there scratching their heads saying, come take a look at my street. Um, you know, this, uh, it, when you spend money, you've got to spend it the right way. And that's, that's principally what you're electing people to do, is manage your money properly. Yeah. Uh, and when they're not accountable, you see less and less proper management of money. Okay, the next topic, uh, which is near and dear to your, your, your heart, is I, has the, the, the Malden Hospital, has it been in a, in a year's time span since last year up until now, is there any... No movement. No movement, okay. No movement on that. Um, you know, and uh, I guess there's a, there's a number of reasons for that. So this has been a problem uh, for 20 years, right? That hospital closed 20 years ago. Hallmark Health acquired it through mergers back in 1997. They shuttered the doors in 1999. And that was despite the community giving them some money to keep that emergency room open. Um, it took many, many years for them to find a potential developer. Uh, and when they had, uh, the market conditions had changed and they lost that potential developer. Unfortunately, the landowner had allowed that developer to salvage everything in that building, rendering the building unusable. So I, I hear from a lot of people that say, just reopen it as a hospital. Well, not only are hospitals closing, there's not really a market for new hospitals right now, as much as I would love to see my community hospital come back. That's where I went for medical treatment as a kid. Um, that's just simply not going to happen. Uh, the market conditions don't allow for it. Uh, moreover, the building has to come down, and that's a very significant cost. The demolition cost, we used to hear a number of $3 million from Hallmark's previous CEOs. Then we heard $4 million. Now I hear people even saying 5 but I think a lot of it is speculative because we haven't done real... Uh, a real analysis of that. Um, but that being said, uh, now the market has improved. We've had one of the hottest uh, markets uh, really ever, right? Historically, one of the best market uh, economies that we've ever had. And I feel like we're missing uh, one of our best opportunities to develop this land in a way that the people want to see it developed. We found that people, uh, about 70% of uh, respondents had said, look, we want uh, some open space up there. And that doesn't mean we can't develop it at all, uh, but there has to be some combination of uses that come together and pay the landowner fair market value. No one's asking for a freebie here. Uh, in the meantime, as you know, Hallmark was uh, uh, acquired again in, in mergers, 
uh, and now Wellforce is the parent company. They also own Circle Health and Tufts Health. So these are all related entities. Um, and we have asked them to come, come to the table and speak with uh, our committee, which has the, uh, has the zoning authority here in the city, and talk about you know, how we can come up with a win-win solution. And they've ignored those requests. Um, I think it has a lot to do with the leadership that exists here in Malden. And I think new leadership is going to be necessary to determine what happens to that hospital. I think what you're going to find is, uh, you know, the folks that, that are in power in 2020 after this election are going to determine that outcome. Um, and it's the difference of maybe having an, a, a dense apartment structure up there that's bad for the community or having some open space that actually serves the community. One of the other, I think, developments that would fit up there and what we found residents were, uh, two out of three residents were willing to accept, was some senior housing up there. Uh, whether that's affordable or market rate, uh, but some, some age-restricted housing where you could have some, some cottages or maybe some, uh, some, some, uh, some senior units, uh, a low number of units with a low impact. Obviously, that's not going to impact the schools uh, or the roads in the very same way. But it actually works really well uh, for that site because uh, on that site, you have a full-skilled uh, nursing facility there in Glen Ridge. Uh, you've got uh, Hallmark Family Health Center that's right there with doctor's offices. My, my mother goes there now. Um, and if you had some open space and some senior housing and you've got some bus service up there, what a perfect place for seniors to retire and downsize. What we find now is that when seniors are selling their homes and downsizing in this good economy, they're leaving Malden. And, uh, and I don't mean by small numbers. I mean by very significant numbers. Yeah. These are our neighbors and people who have lived here a very long time who love this community and have given a lot to this community. We don't want to lose them. We need to give them uh, an ability to stay. And that's one way we can do it. We can solve this problem while also helping our seniors at the same time and adding some open space. Malden has the fifth least open space per capita in the entire state. So clearly there's a demand for it uh, and there's a need for it. And we have the ability to do it, but the administration is dead set against it. Um, and I think it's time to uh, serve the people. We need a government that's for the people on this issue and several others. Um, yeah, that's like one, I've, one of many. I, I've mentioned, you know, to you many times and to people that my, my vision of Malden uh, to some people may sound like a dream, but it can happen with, with, with great planning. I'd like to see another school and another fire station on my side of the city but in order for that to happen a path needs to be created to bring in commercial businesses in my opinion amen i you know i think you just hit the nail on the head um you know instead of having a focus that is primarily on apartment building development we need to focus on commercial development not only is that more lucrative to a community with less social impact i think we're missing the boat i think malden is getting left behind you don't have to look very far. All of our surrounding communities have enjoyed this economic boon and added commercial development, adding shopping options and revenues to their community and beautifying their community and raising their community's reputation, raising property values, raising, raising community pride. Just look over at uh, Station Landing in Wellington Circle. Um, take a look a little further down at Assembly Row in, in Somerville, right there with the old Assembly Square Mall. Look at the old Meadow Glen Mall uh, yeah. with those outdoor uh, shopping establishments and the new Wegmans over there. Uh, economic development is all around us. Now, if you take a look at Malden, 
you have some empty storefronts in the square. We know we've had that for a very long time. But you've got the National Grid site that was pledged to a single developer for far too long, even after the deal fell apart. And now we're stuck with a parking lot right in the middle of our downtown kitty corner to one of the busiest T-stops in the Orange Line. That is a missed opportunity. You look down at the Malden River, you see development on the Medford side, development on the Everett side. You don't see development on the Malden side. You look at Malden Hospital, once again, pledged to a single developer who wants to build apartments in an intractable position, ignoring what the population wants for a solution up there, and now you've got Malden Hospital that's undeveloped. I hate to see this happening to my community because we know market conditions are going to change. This, uh, this hot economy is not going to stay hot forever. It's cyclical, right? And we already see home values leveling out. So I don't want to see us left behind. This is our opportunity to make a difference here in the community and deliver the change that people are looking for. Now, when you've walked around, have people told you in their opinion what type of businesses they'd want? Yeah, I mean, look, we know we've got the restaurants, right? We've got a lot of great restaurants. I, you know, look, I want to stay positive as much as possible. Malden's got some great things going on for it, right? We've got a great location. We've got great people. Um, we do have a, a lot of development that, that's happening. You know, we've got a new police station. We're having a new city hall come in. Um, you know, the downtown will, will improve. Those, those conditions are going to be in place for some improvement to happen. I don't know if it's going to be. We need to maximize that improvement. But I'm hearing from folks all the time. They're saying, what's bringing people into Malden other than these restaurants? And, and why is it that so much time has gone by and we've been unable to fill our our commercial uh, you know zone, it, it just doesn't make any sense to folks, and I believe that it has everything to do with the priorities uh, of this administration. I think we need to work harder. I think we need to be more responsive to the people. And frankly, this November is your one of your few opportunities to hold people accountable and yeah. say, "This is what I want." And if not, find a new job and let, let's deliver the change that people are looking for. This is our chance to do it. Yeah. This is our future. This is our community, right? We need to own our future. We need to be a part of that change. And I think that I'm hearing it from residents everywhere I look. Uh, and that's really what this exploratory is all about. So I can get that feedback. As you know, uh, this race is going to require me to put a big portion of my life on hold. Right. So my my full time job, I'm going to have to really scale that back. Uh, I'm going to have to dedicate a lot of my time, money, resources into uh, running with with absolutely no certainty uh, of prevailing, uh, but an opportunity to do some good in this community, win or lose. I think that this race and this discussion that we're about to have with our residents is going to be positive for this community, and I think it's going to help us attract some commercial development because of the changes that are going to come out of it. I, I've told people and I don't want to you know, use an old cliche, but this is probably the most important election Malden will have, not only because the last time in 24 years yep. there's been, you know, a challenge yep. for the mayor's race, but this is people who get elected are going to move the city forward. Amen. Amen. You know, another issue that I wanted to bring up was this Malden River. You find a lot of yeah. people that are saying, now we know that we, we have an industrial past where, you know, a river was a, a great place to leave your waste. Yeah. That's been going on since ancient Rome and before, right? Um, but that's not the way we do things anymore. And, um, you know, the Malden River, even today, we, we hung out this, uh, this boom, basically a net that we strung across the river. And it didn't take very long, two weeks, and this thing was filled 
with trash and debris and uh, you know. Very, I remember uh, you showed uh, me the. Yeah, I've the got. I've, I've, I actually yeah. have them here. I, I know we don't have the ability to bring them up onto the camera, but no, I mean, so some residents got together and said, "Look, this is something that we want. We want to address. We want to clean our river, and we want some resident amenities." We're lucky, right? So from Maine to Florida, you can't buy waterfront, right? It, we're one of the lucky communities that actually has a river, and it's so special that it's named after us, right? It's the Malden River. That river should be clean, and there should be benches and a walking path and the ability for people to get into that river and appreciate it, maybe picnic, take a walk, meet your neighbor. That is an issue that we've found over 65% of people, about 70% of people, want addressed. And again, zero focus on that in the last eight years. That's something that's got to change. That's, that's something that we can do with the future and with our new revenues. Um, you know, not, not that any of this is, it needs to be prioritized over education, public safety, or some of the fundamentals, but uh, this is something that shouldn't be ignored. I don't know if the camera can... Yeah, they they can't uh, they can't see it that far away. Unless... But all I'm picturing like is is the old fish with the X on their eyes <laughs> yes. and the cartoons, the uh, the dead fish. Well, this is, this is suffice to say that we're listening to people and we're trying to we're trying to uh, you know bring those priorities that the people have to our local government. All right, I'm getting the signal to wrap. The time always flies well, with John quick, Matheson. That, was that a should quick be hour. the the credit the to name. you, yeah. Jerry. Credit yeah. to you. You're, yeah. you're a great to host. Both of us. So I want to say congratulations on your anniversary. By the oh, way, thank one you. year thank with you. this show, you've and done great. I, you know, and I it's hope my honor yeah, to be here. Yeah, and and I hope someday I I get invited to you to your show. No, I'm always asking. Oh, the here questions. we go. Here we go. But uh, <laughs> remember, folks. I'll uh, remember the the Malden Moose six p.m. this Saturday. I'll be in your ward this Saturday, and let's move Malden forward. Good night, Malden. Thank you, Jerry. Good night. Is that it? Are we still on?